Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to another podcast episode. Happy Thursday afternoon to all of you, or rather whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this episode. I'm your host as per usual, Azarin the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also on medium.com where I do some weekly blog posts on Sundays and on Musical.ly and Tumblr occasionally when I feel like posting. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at Polyglot Azarin, that is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z-R-E-N. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited to be recording this one here. First little thing I want to say before we get too far into this whole episode is I'm going to split this into two separate parts. Uh, Part one is going to be kind of as per normal. We're going to be talking about some different language learning topics and different tips, advice, etc., and then part two is going to transition into a different element of language, which is writing. If for those of you, for those of you who caught the episode roughly, I think it would have been three, four, five episodes ago, I mentioned that I want to start creating more content and start talking a little bit more about improving your writing as well, and not just language learning. Like I want to create two separate pillars of content. So this is kind of a follow-up to that, and you're going to see a lot more writing content coming from me now. Um, I want to give you a funny life update. Yesterday, I was playing badminton. For those of you who don't know, I play badminton a couple of times a week, um, just really for fun, for health. It's kind of a new hobby I picked up roughly six, seven weeks ago, something like that. And where I go to play badminton, I am one of the worst players there. And actually, I should I should probably be more specific. Whenever I go, it's a drop-in badminton. We usually have about three, uh, let's say one, two, three, four probably about four to six courts that we're playing on, that the facility has given us. And usually about four of those courts have intermediate or advanced players, and two of the courts have pretty beginner players. Now, I am a, I'm better than the beginner players, for sure, but I'm definitely way worse than a lot of the intermediate advanced players. And myself, I usually find that I don't have as much fun playing with the beginner players because they're not as competitive and they're more just... It's my feeling is that they're just there more for fun and it's more just um, less intense, let's say. So I prefer to play with some of the more advanced and intermediate players because they're they're hitting it faster. They they really want to win. They're they're trying to be competitive and hit the hard shots. And it is more. I just like the feel of it more. The challenge, however, is that I am one of the worst players. And so what tends to happen is that when I'm playing uh, with a lot of these people. You know, I sometimes are gonna. I sometimes will miss the shots or mess up things that nobody else on the court would. So I have been improving. I have been getting better over time. But the fact of the matter still remains that, despite all the improvements which others have noticed, I'm still not at the same caliber as a lot of the people that are there. Now, what's been happening? You know, every time I go, usually someone will give me advice on certain things. So yesterday, there's this one guy who's given me different pieces of advice you know, based on how he perceived my game. And the and I noticed the strangest thing that I wanted to share with you. It's whenever I get advice, there's two weird things that happen in my brain. There's two conflicting emotions that I feel. Emotion number one is, you know, I guess you could say happiness or whatnot, happiness, because I want the advice and I want to improve. The second emotion is the complete opposite. I almost get really, I feel inadequate. I feel Like, uh, I feel unhappy, I feel not good enough, and I wish, like, there's an equal amount of powerful emotion and powerful thoughts wishing that I was not 
in need of the advice, wishing that I just was good enough that I didn't need that advice, that they didn't need to stop and help me. Like, I don't want that help. I want to just be able to do it by myself, etc., etc., right? And it's so funny because these two conflicting emotions actually accelerate a lot of my progress in badminton, really in any aspect, languages, and really any kind of skill I jump into. Because because I then the reason for it is that I hate getting the advice because I don't feel good enough and I feel inadequate. So it makes me work really hard so I never have to get that advice again. But on the other hand, I'm also driven by the fact that I like getting the advice because I want to improve. So there's two separate drivers that are almost accelerating my progress. And I want to bring this interesting little tidbit up. Firstly, because I think it's interesting and I thought it'd be interesting for a lot of you guys to hear that. But more importantly, there's a direct correlation for language learners. I think when we look at advice, there's different ways that language learners approach getting advice when it comes to improving their language learning practice, improving their ability, the speed, the efficiency at which they can learn whatever language they are learning. Some people don't get advice. They, 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 actually, they actually consciously or unconsciously shut themselves off from getting advice, meaning they don't talk to native speakers. They don't talk to people who are better than them. They don't really practice with others. They kind of lock themselves in the room and they just study by themselves because they are afraid of making mistakes. They're afraid of other people making comments of, oh, you should do this or, oh, I didn't understand that. Or maybe the other person's saying something and you don't understand. And so when you kind of block yourself off from other people, you know, number one, you're not getting a lot of advice because you're just not in a position around people that can give you advice. And you know, I just don't know how, like, I just don't know if that's the best strategy. I think for some people it's okay. Like there are periods where you do need to block yourself off from it because you're just getting too much input of advice and it's actually throwing you off and it's completely ruining your productivity and ruining the speed and the efficiency at which you're learning. So there are times you've got to kind of shut the door on advice. I think there are personality types where perhaps getting advice is not the best Thing for you like I don't take very much advice when it comes for language learning or very very little I'm usually pretty insular I'm in my own head for the most part mostly right and I take a lot of my own advice so I think there are times where maybe you don't need it but for the majority of people I think unless you are naturally gifted with language learning or whatever it is or you're in a specific circumstance where you want to keep yourself closed off from the advice but usually I think a lot of people, if you are in the boat of, if you're thinking to yourself and going, huh, I have not been getting a lot of advice from qualified people on my language. I challenge you to go get a little bit. Don't like go all, don't necessarily need to go all in and, 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 and start asking everyone and their dog about different advice for your language, but start, right? Ask a couple of people here and there, start asking for help, maybe hire some teachers to get some input on things, etc., etc. right? I think it's healthy. I think there's another group of people that um, they, they hear other people's advice, they hear it, they seek it out, they look for it, but they don't do anything about it. Like I think there's a lot of people that consume my content, for example, or a lot of language learning content, and they're consuming, they're consuming, they're thinking about stuff, they're asking for help from their teacher, they're asking, they're doing this, they're doing that, but they're spending so much time looking for advice that they don't actually spend any time applying any advice. I think this is another common group of people. So I would recommend that you, if you are in that group, yes, look for the advice. Yes, ask for it. Do what you're doing, 
but take a t- at least a 10% effort into applying some of the, a 10% additional effort into applying some of the things that you're hearing and applying some of the things that you're learning. Um, I think that's just a really big, it's a big thing, right? And I think it's normal because humans, we are creatures of habit. So it is, I guess you could say, um, perhaps easier to just keep doing what we're doing. I also do it myself for various, if not all aspects of my life. But make the conscious decision. Use this podcast as you're listening to this. Use this as a reminder to today, at least today, right? Do something today at least that is different. Apply your knowledge or do something different with the advice to accelerate and deepen and 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 just overall get be better with the language or languages that you're learning. I highly, highly recommend it. Now, part one of this podcast is over. Let's transition over to part two. Um, as I said at the beginning, I want to do a little piece on writing. I'll spend a couple of minutes on it. Um, I just want to do more of it. So the big thing I want to talk about in terms of writing today, and actually, interestingly, now that I'm thinking about this and saying it out loud, weirdly, I think this applies to presentations as well. Interesting. But um, when you're writing, one of the common mistakes I see is repetition. What I mean by that is a lot of people when they're writing, and I should be specific, when you're writing for a purpose that actually matters, where it matters if you sound intelligent, where you come across as professional, etc. So for example, academic essays, blog posts, maybe if you're arguing with someone in an intelligent, uh, intelligent, uh, what do you call it? Intelligent debate in a YouTube comment or Facebook comment. <laughs> you're debating politics or whatever it is, right? And you want to sound a little bit smarter and more intelligent, etc. Um, get rid of some of the repetition. Do not use the same words over and over. And one of the challenges behind this is that one of the reasons why we will, a lot of people write in a repetitive way in the writing is because when we speak, we speak repetitively. It's okay to speak repetitively in your spoken language. Like literally, if we just look at the last two sentences I said, I'll repeat them. I use, I forget what the exact sentence was, but I use the word repetitive twice in a row. I had two separate statements I made, both statements use the word repetitive, right? And so in spoken language, it's, it's totally acceptable. And usually when we write, a lot of people try and translate, or, or, or I guess you could say, put their spoken words on the paper. And that's a good thing in a lot of senses. It is not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you gotta watch that repetition. So there's a couple ways you can get rid of repeti- repetition. The level one, the most basic way of doing it is finding synonyms, using synonyms. So instead of saying, you know, Instead of saying big, you could say huge, you could say large, you could say, um, you could say I don't know, you could say uh, wide if it is a wide kind of thing. You could say tall if it happens to apply. Like instead of saying big, there are other words that you could use in your paragraph, in your essay, in your blog post, in your whatever that are going to help you to cut down on some of that repetition and introduce, oh, my phone's ringing, but that's okay, and introduce a little bit more variety, a little bit more variety in the way that you are actually writing the text or whatever the heck you're actually writing. Another way, that's kind of level one. The thing with synonyms is that if you're using synonyms, it's not the best strategy to use all the time, especially because sometimes when you're writing, you know, there might be a word you've used 18 times. Like I was correcting something uh, for someone the other day or a week ago where they wrote the, they had to use the word animal like 17 times like it was a key part of what they're writing 
and they had 17 uses of the word animal in like three paragraphs or something like that, which is just crazy. And guess what? There are not, there probably aren't 17 synonyms or 17 different words you could use for the word animal. Like that's just challenging. So the other way that you can sometimes, um, I guess you could say avoid repetition is to, I guess you could say using figures of speech. So let's take the example of big, right? I was saying the TV is big, or this is big, this is enormous, this is huge, this is gigantic, right? Instead of using a synonym, you could use a figure of speech. So you could say something like, for example, the TV, you know, I'm looking at my TV, the TV right now, which is actually not that big, but let's pretend it's big. The TV reminded me of a mountain. That's a weird sentence actually, but it's just the, let's just get the point across. If you're like, wow, the TV reminded me of a mountain. Mountains are so huge, right? So the TV's reminding you of a mountain, you almost get the point across that it is a huge thing and a really big thing um, instead of using the word big. Now that probably wasn't the best example because when you say reminded me of a mountain, your brain might make a connection to something that isn't the size of the mountain per se, but still, right? Maybe you can go the TV, reminded me of a very tall building, something like that, or whatever it is, right? Like you can imagine a very tall TV then. I'm just thinking on the spot, but you can use figures of speech, similes, metaphors, things like that, that can help you to reduce some of the repetition. The third strategy, and this is one of the most challenging things to do, and I wish, and as I continue to talk about writing, um, you guys will be a little bit patient with me because I'm gonna get better and better at explaining things as I spend more time with it. But one of the other things with the writing Another way to reduce repetition is to change your sentence structure. So I'll give you a very, very, very simplistic example. I might say, if I, okay, version one, I like apples, that's your first sentence. Second sentence, I like apples because they're juicy. If we look at those two sentences, they both started with a subject, I, a verb, like, and an object, apples. I like apples, right? So I like apples was sentence one. Sentence two was I like apples because they are juicy. So theoretically, I could re reduce the some of the repetition by getting word, rid of the word apples. I could say I like apples. I like them, right? Replace apples with them, but it's still repetitive. You're still using I, subject, like, verb, them, object. You're still using that. So you could switch it up. You could switch it up. You say, I like apples. The reason for this is now that's a completely different type of sentence, right? You've completely changed sentence two where it doesn't even remotely look like sentence number one. This is really hard to do. And I'll be really honest in this podcast. Um, I have not fully, I'm not on a conscious level figured out like a formula for you being able to ch completely change the feel of one sentence and completely change the structure to have a second meaning. It's something I'm trying to figure out how I do because I just do it, not naturally, but I've done it so many times now that it just become very natural. So I'm trying to remember how I was taught that, but it's something to keep in mind. If you can learn how to do that, it's gonna really level up your writing. So anyway, Hope you guys like this podcast episode. Uh, feel free to call in or hit me up on any social media networks to let me know what you thought about this whole format change of having the writing part, the writing stuff included in the podcast. I'd really appreciate that. Um, and um, yeah, I guess we'll chat later. Bye for now.